Hello again, this is Mark Griffin, Director of Customer Solutions here at Constructs. We are a team of software engineering experts founded by legendary author Steve McConnell. Here at Constructs, we believe every software team can be more successful at delivering higher levels of business value. For the majority of the episodes over the last couple years, we've structured the podcast around recent engagements that our consultants have delivered. As is consistent with Inspect and Adapt, we are experimenting with recording the podcast before a live audience. The audience interaction allows us to inspect and adapt our conversation in real time. Today, what you'll hear is lightly edited from a YouTube live stream held in July of 2022. This discussion was centered on the software engineering practice known as the daily which those listeners who are following an Agile lifecycle will hopefully easily recognize. I invited Construct Senior Fellow Earl Beatty and VP of Consulting Jenny Stewart to the mics for the live stream. We had a very lively discussion, and I even got some things right. So enough of my babbling. Let's jump right in and hear the conversation. We pick it up right after I ask Earl and Jenny to define the daily stand-up. Well, you know, our topic is a little bit broader, just the daily, because the daily actually comes in multiple flavors, depending on what you're doing. Um, I always thought they were the same thing, but we could see that the XP started with the thing called the daily stand-up. There's the daily scrum, which is very similar. And then in Kanban, and Jenny can also elaborate on this, is walking the board, which you do, Jenny? Usually daily. (laughs) Daily, right? So there's this opportunity for a team to come together each day, and it's a repeated thing. Now, this is something that can be very frustrating because for a lot of people, the daily is stupid. And so I like to do our inspect and adapt, really inspect what does it mean to be the daily? And then how do we adapt it to some of the things that go on in every everyday life? And so that's what we're looking at, this idea of the daily. What do people want to do? Why are we even bothered to get through? The daily, because this is an easy thing not to do well, right? It's a it's, it's a very easy thing to go back and say, you know what? Oh, we used to meet and have a status meeting once a week. Now we're doing statusing once a day. Isn't that great? Aren't we glad that we're agile? Which everyone then wants to go off and shoot themselves in the head. So hey, right. at least and, it was you know, 15 minutes of status, not an hour of status. But you add up five 15 minute meetings and you actually added another 15 minutes of status to your week. <laughs> right. Right. And you Absolutely. didn't get the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> at least or, you got the beer, donuts whatever. or the bagels. Absolutely. We switched to become healthier by the time I. Absolutely. Crazy that. So, you know, this carryover from the command and control structure is an interesting concept, right? Because that. You know, our fearless founder has written a book about that, this notion of um, what is true agile leadership, right? Um, and so command and control says, you know, these meetings are run a certain way, and that's not useful, right? Right, right. In fact, if you look back at the, in, if we look at the origins of practice and XP, in fact, I think I kind of see it going before XP even a little bit, um, because I was part of the government quality assurance movement in the 80s. And one of the things that came over from all that was the idea of the quality circle. And the idea of the quality circle was the team itself, not management, not necessarily the engineers, but the team itself would gather together and talk about how do we make this better? We, here's what we think should be going on. Here's what's actually going on. And how do we adapt and change ourselves to what's really going on? And I think this was something picked up by Kent Beck in Extreme Programming when he talked about the daily, um, daily stand-up. 
We said, okay, it's up for the team to actually try to look at this. And then Scrum, I think, took it from there as well, right? Took it from probably XP, to be honest with you, right? They were all insensuous, stealing from each other, right, left, and indifferent. Um, and, and said, okay, yeah, we come up with a plan. Let's, insp- let's see how we're doing and move forward. Where Kanban sort of came from a little bit? Uh, Kanban's is a bit of a different feel from the Scrum and the XP feeling because of the fact that the focus is walking the board from the end of the board to the front of the board, thinking about flow and whether or not things are flowing as you would expect, uh, which I think just is a different way of thinking about the work than a lot of the way we see Scrum and Agile teams who use stand-ups. I was actually going to go back to your origins comment, and I think it's interesting, right? The daily stand-up was just that, right? It was a daily meeting in which you stood up. (laughs) And the intent of that daily stand-up was so that you would keep it short, right? Earl, I think you've talked about the fact there's been some statistics or studies or research on how long a meeting lasts, depending on whether you're sitting down and standing up. And the, the whole intent was it's quick, right? We're not going to sit down and spend an hour here. It's one brief moment in time each day when the whole team gathers to talk about how the work is going, what they need from each other, if there's anything in the way. And it's meant to be like, get in, get it done, get out quick, fast, informative, and certainly not the only time in the day that the team members should talk to each other. (laughs) Right, right, it's right. just in the fact, one moment everybody talks to each other. That's exactly right. And I like to say in Scrum, it's one moment they force you to talk to each other. As developers, we like to sort of meander off and work on our own. And if we're trying, trying truly to be collaborative, we really should be talking to each other. All right. Leave me alone. Let me code. So <laughs> it's a, that's another. That should be a T-shirt. You know, I, I was thinking about this idea of, of, the, of where this thing is held. And, we, and we're, we can get into the, you know, some of the ways in which people do these things. But I, I, I on occasion, have traveled with, with you guys to, to different customer sites. And I've been, actually been witness to uh, a daily. And, and it was literally in a lab standing up around an embedded system that somebody was, was building. And, and so the idea is that... You know, instead of being in, a, in a, the formality of a conference room, which lets people be really comfortable in nice, comfy chairs and, and feeling like they're settling in for a long period of time, you're sitting in there with a bunch of equipment around you and, you know, you got your own work to do and you don't want to be there, right? You want to you get things done, get accomplished and get out, right? So I think, you know, that's been really, uh, I think uh, it was eye-opening for me to say like, oh, we're going to do the meeting right here. All right, I suppose so. It doesn't really matter, right? So that's, that's an interesting point you bring up, Mark, about location, because I'm, I'm working with a team right now and they have a couple remote participants. A bunch of the team are in the same general area. But where they've decided to do is they decided to have a one video camera up onto a big monitor screen TV thing. And they put couches in there and chairs for the people that are to wander over from within the office. And they put the puppy up on the screen. And to me, they looked way too comfortable for a daily right? That that sense of we're in an uncomfortable yeah, place to keep it short and focused and get the heck back out of there rather than just right. like, let's just chat, right? I think that was one of the things that some of the kept back in the stand-up movement things like, let's just stop the chat, get the work done and get back to creating that value. 
Earl, it sounds like they have a wonderful collaboration ecosystem, but maybe not the optimal daily stand-up setting. Right, right. It's, it's, it probably works well for something else other than doing the daily. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw them all sorts of places. I would see the, them happening um, right outside of somebody's cubicle, and they had things right. printed, like the burndown chart was printed, and they'd be talking about how things were going and what people were going to be doing over the next day. Um, I've seen people just have physical boards. This is hard nowadays, but before um, physical boards and they would actually each member would go up and move their items on the physical board talking about what was changing and then talking about what they needed from other people or if there were impediments. I've seen war rooms where there's five, six, seven plus teams who are all participating in building a product and every team has their little area with all of their data. And they'll, they each have like 15-minute time frames, and they'll come in and do their dailies and then leave, and the next group will come in. And, you know, managers can kind of be there and sort of watch the stand-ups of what everybody's doing. And then they would have a capstone meeting at the end of it, which was sort of like, what do we see as issues or impediments across all of these 10 teams that are working? What do we as leaders need to be doing to clear the decks for these teams? So they didn't participate in the team meetings, but they observed them so that they could understand if they were seeing kind of systemic impediments, they could then start talking about how to fix those. So it's a... it's. It's really interesting because you see a lot of diversity, which I like. I think that people should find ways to make the stand-ups useful and practical and work for them. Well, I think that's a good – I mean, you, you hit on a few things, Jenny, that, that you know, we, one of the things I think we're going to touch on today is just the purpose, right? I mean, it, it, to be very focused on, on you know, current state, uh, is collaboration happening? Is it not? You know, things of that nature. I mean, what other things are are part of that collaboration process or part of the purpose that we have for these things, right? You talked about blockers. It's another thing, right? Either Whether it's Scrum or Kanban, same idea. Right? To me, one of my litmus tests when I go and watch a Scrum team do their dailies or I watch a grouping of Scrum teams do their dailies is do the team members talk to each other? If all they do is kind of report status to a scrum master, we don't have a daily. <laughs> we, I mean, we do. You could call it a daily, but we haven't gotten to the heart and purpose of it, which is, in my mind, kind of there's three big things I want teams to talk about. The first thing is, how is it going, right? To Earl's inspect and adapt comment. We made a plan in sprint planning. How's that going? Do we need to change anything? And then details about what people are going to do to help them coordinate with each other. I'm going to be finishing up coding this piece of the system today at noon. Earl, can you do a code review for me? You know, that sort of, hey, I'm going to need something um, quick, short, right? We don't want people spending 20 minutes talking about everything they've been doing. It's 15 minutes. So get in, get out really quickly. But coordination between team members. Um, and then identification of anything that's a big impediment that we as a team aren't going to be able to solve. Hey, Scrum Master, 
<laughs> you know, my computer's dead, I need some help, or I need something from our database team, and they've been really slow to respond, can you help me out? So I'm kind of looking for that feeling of real collaboration amongst the team and lots of dialogue between the team. How about you, Earl? What do you look for when you see teams doing these? I look for the same things you do, Jenny, but I make sure my teams understand. I, I well, I come from a deep Scrum perspective here, and, and really, what I tell them that every Scrum event is there to build something collaboratively. We as a team are going to build something. So, what is the daily there to build? And I say the daily build is there to build exactly what you said to build the plan to help. We started this plan in sprint planning. Life has happened. How do we now? maintain and build that plan going forward. A little different than when the Kanban stuff that you've had a lot of had fun with and I used to do in manufacturing is when we walk the board, we're there to make sure the flow is flowing optimally, which in a sense is a plan. We had this idea of the flow, what's keeping this flow from working to its utmost, what's its blockers, where do we have to exploit things, where are policies made to be adjusted, where do we have, where are we violating our work and process limits, but it's there to build something, it's there as a team to say, okay, what are we as a team going to do, not what are you doing? And then, okay, what are you doing? Okay, what are you doing? But what, what we as a team can do, and then how we want a team want to approach it for the next day. And that's the beauty of the daily, in a sense, is to also tighten that feedback loop. Rather than going a week or two weeks, one of the questions I, I, I sometimes ask the team is, how long do you want it to go before you realize something's not working? Yeah. And this is a way that we go, we don't go more than a day to realize something's not right here. And we need to rethink this a little bit. So I think one of the purposes is just to force that feedback of a collaborative team working together. And Earl, I think your description of Conwood was really spot on. The only thing I would add is like, is the flow moving as we'd expect? We typically expect something to move through our board in 10 days. We expect it to not be in any one stage longer than two days. And blockers, Kanban will also think about blockers a lot. Is something blocked here? Because if you're blocked, then that's inhibiting your flow. And you'll often be talking about how do we unblock this particular item? Right. Okay. Makes sense. Right. So let's talk about the mechanics of of, of this activity. Does it happen in the morning all the time? Is there a time of day that's better for certain people or is it, is it team dependent? Is it, you know, is there, is there a certain formality that's structure that's associated with that that should be there? Or what do you say to that? I usually say it's the first moment in the morning when the entire team is in the office, but it's totally team dependent. It should be up to the team. I mean, one thing I saw a number of years ago is I was working with a scrum team and they were holding their daily at like 11 in the morning or something. And I asked them, do you want to hold it at 11 in the morning? And they said, no, we hold it at 11 in the morning because the product owner is on the West Coast and that's when they can attend. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. (laughs) This is a meeting for you. Right. Product owner is an optional attendee from Scrum's perspective. This is about you as a team coordinating. And if something's going wrong, then, yeah, we need to get the product owner engaged in that right away. But when do you guys want to have your meeting? And they're like, well, you know, Sally gets into the office last at like 930 in the morning. We'd love to do it at 945. I said, make it so. Do it at 945. I like that 
first time the team is together in the morning too. I think it's a good way to sort of organize day. And then also your feedback loops are as small as, small as possible. We've made a decision about what we're going to do. Now we execute on it. We don't make it and then go to bed and sleep on it and then come back the next day and realize the world's changed again on us. We make a decision based upon the current reality and then we start executing on it. So I like I like that early day, but... Again, to Jenny's point, it's the team's decision and not just the entire Scrum team, but mostly the developers, right? It's their thing to say, we came up with a plan of some sort or a flow and our our job is to keep this thing humming along so we can meet our overall commitment or objectives for this increment. And Earl, here you mean the Scrum definition of a developer, right? Which could be developers, testers, business analysts, tech writers, whoever's on the team. Right. So the team may not be just software developers. They also may be hardware people if they're necessary to meet the goal of that particular sprint. If you're working in Kanban born, Kanban born, almost by definition, you should be seeing people from multiple disciplines because that's when a Kanban board sings its best tune is when you're flowing through multiple different resource pools. Yep, I, I've never absolutely. really, another talk, understood Kanban for the same one individual resource. It's like, it's still me. <laughs> Yeah, we can right. talk about that. I've seen a few patterns there that would be interesting. But yeah, normally I, I don't mind a status board, but a Kanban board. I, I have a policy about when to hand off to myself. <laughs> um, okay, it's usually first thing too. in the morning, and there used to be a real mix, Mark, of locations, right? You'd see it uh-huh. in conference rooms. You would see it outside of people's offices. You would see it where people just hanging out in the hall. Nowadays, now it's all on the line, right? And the big key there is just that I really liked having physical boards that people could talk to in the daily, like where people would go up and if they were finished with something, they would actually move it to done and they'd pull something in. And as they did that, they were talking. I finished this and I'm going to start working on this so that everybody could see that. And as as long as in the move to being virtual, like most teams are now, you don't lose that sense of team collaboration, I think you're just fine, right? If you did it and it was great in person and then all of a sudden it feels like a status report every day, it probably is a status report and you should probably be talking about how to change that. And I know Earl and I both have some other things not just, you know, sort of how it's run, but also how the team organizes the work that can tend to make the daily more more statusy, less collaborative. So there's also some implications beyond just the daily that the daily can show you how teams are operating. Are they right. pretty collaborative or are they really, really independent in maybe in right. ways that they shouldn't be that independent? Yeah, speaking of a feedback loop there, right? You could start saying if your daily feels very statusy, as Jenny said, you could just start looking for maybe for, instead of looking at, boy, how do we be more collaborative? Look at the work. If the work is all individualistic and not collaborative work, then how can the daily not turn into a status meeting each day, right? It'd be very difficult. And so some way the the end up is the canary yeah. in the coal mine. Yep. So that's an interesting point, though, and I'll, I'll be the sales guy and ask the dumb question here. Um, does it have to be daily? Could the team decide, you know what, there's just not enough. We got some gnarly big, big stories we're dealing with, and we're not getting enough going on in a day. Maybe we do it every other day. And then is, is that perfectly acceptable if it's a good reason to do so? Sounds like they have done something like bring really big stories into a sprint, which is not a good idea. 
I just gave you that one on a platter, didn't I? You did. This, this is Here you go. Different. Here it is, right? We've, we've taken our stories. They're giant. We go into sprint planning and Earl gets a story and Mark gets a story and Jenny gets a story. Oh, and by the way, maybe we've done it by component layers. Earl gets the front end story. You get the military right. story. I get the back end story. And I'm not going to talk to you for three days because I don't need to. Well, I got nothing going on. Yeah. Right. That I'm I mean, waiting for when you. I, yeah, I mean, when I see that happen, and I, Earl and I think we'll both say we see this happen a fair amount. That's not actually a daily stand-up problem. It's a problem that is manifesting in the daily that he and I will both immediately see. But we're going to go to the team and we're going to talk about the work in the backlog. You need to make the work in the backlog smaller. You need to make sure it fits into the sprint. No single story should take more than a quarter of the sprint for the entire team to complete, preferably less. You should be breaking up that work into vertical slices so that more than one person can participate in working on that work together as much as they possibly can. Those all just become like, as Earl was saying, canary in the coal mine. There's some deeper problem here that we need to go fix. And if right. we fix that, we'll make the daily better. The daily will be much more interesting, fun, and collaborative, and will really need to happen every day because we need to talk that often. The other thing I also want to watch for, especially in our virtual environment, that kind of leads to statusing is the the scrum master sharing the Jira board or the scrum master during sharing the Azure DevOps board and everyone asking them to update something on that board where it becomes focused on just changing the content of Jira rather than collaborating among the team. It's all focused that way. Mm -hmm. What's well, a good anti-pattern, right? right? So Richard here has sent us an interesting comment. Uh, Richard says he works with undergrad students learning Scrum and they use Slack or Discord for part of the communication. And this is, I think, a perfectly fine way to hold a daily stand-up. You don't actually need to, if you guys are really good on Slack and Discord and can rock that thing, I think that works pretty well. I think that's a, a nifty little ad to saying, how do you hold it? And if I also sort of said in a certain way, if you're communicating strongly throughout the day, you may not even need to hold the stand-up because the stand-up or the daily was often a chance to force the team at least once a day to get together. If you're getting together on a regular basis too, I'm pretty relaxed about that. And I've also seen a lot of teams kind of combine it. They might get together and have a daily, but it's really quick because it's just talking about impediments and where people need to sort of communicate something to everybody for something that's going to happen relatively soon. So maybe your daily is five minutes, maybe it's 10, but it's pretty short. You're not even getting close to 15. And it's supplemented with something like Slack or discourse for communication throughout the whole day. There's something about that that a lot of the engineering mindset would rather do that than like pick up a phone and call somebody. If I can just have a channel yeah. where we can be chatting all the time, that just feels easier and I'm more willing to participate in the communication. And that's really what I want. I want good communication happening with the team all the time. I want them to be able to reach out and help each other whenever they need. And often teams need a capstone event daily just to make sure everybody's on the same page at the same moment in time. But right. I was going to add, it's it's easy to lose voices in Slack where you think you're communicating well because 
two thirds of the team are slacking up, but one third has kind of gone dark. And you see that very clearly if you're physically talking face to face. Because as I think, I think I agree with Jenny is one of the things I'll look for here is are you having communication errors? Right. If you're having unforced errors, then you need to get more synchronous than than the asynchronous of the Slack or Discord or something like that. I think. But communication. This is all bottom line communication. It's an interesting point you bring up, and I, I'm just I'm thinking out loud about like participants. You know, if you're in if you're in a Slack channel, you're not like you might not likely have people like product owners in there or some other broader uh, perspective on on a product uh, that's that's going on um, is that uh, talk about a little bit i guess uh, of of who needs to be in that meeting how frequent would a product owner interact or want to interact in that how would would there be other roles that would come in maybe a manager that oversees a, a bigger project wants to come in in that environment say so the online thing make you know maybe it's a little more difficult for someone to do that right the, the discord or slack channels yeah, it it could be, though the rules of the game typically mean that this is a, a meeting by the team for the team. It's not a meeting by the team for someone else, uh, even including product owners. That's it's there to say we had this plan, we execute it. Are they welcome to listen? Sure. Are they are they there to speak? Typically not, unless they're spoken to, kind of like small children or the queen or something, right? Ooh, do not talk to her unless you're spoken to. Um, that was horrible. But um, the, the bottom line here is that is this is really for the team, whatever that team encompasses, right? Because it could be hardware and software people on that team. Now, would it be harder in a Slack or Discord for them to get the sense of it? You know, it could be, in fact, often those things don't even let them in to the conversation there, they're, right? Those are, those are defined teams that have smaller sets. So it, right. I, it might benefit still to have that physical one. What do you think, Jenny? I think that's true. And I'd also say, you know, from a attendance perspective, I, I say good product owners, usually assuming time zone and all of that kind of stuff works out, will usually attend at least a few of the dailies. Some product owners like to go all the time, but they're there just to like listen in. They're not the primary, they're not meant to be participatory in that conversation, as Earl was saying, unless they need to kind of we may identify that there's clarification that needs to occur from the product owner, and then we'll basically wait, close the daily, and then let the product owner talk to whoever they need to have that conversation with. So we might identify something that needs a product owner. But even if my product owner isn't there, then we can just reach out and say, hey, we need you. Can we have you on the phone for five minutes? There's something here. And same thing for engineering managers, right? Engineering managers are often interested in seeing what their teams are doing. I will sometimes encourage them to go observe the dailies. And again, it's just observation. And I say what you're looking for is you're looking for any sorts of issues that are coming up consistently across the different teams that you have team members on where you can be helping from a system perspective to maybe enable the skill sets of the people that you are an engineering manager for. Engineering managers are there to deliver the skill sets to the teams, the teams with the product owner are then there to deliver the product, given that they have the right skill sets that are actually in place. So it certainly never hurts. Earl and I are probably just going to be looking for things like, if an engineering manager comes in and then tells everybody what to be doing, not a daily. Right. 
Right. right. Asking everyone, how busy are you? Not a daily. Back to command and control. Not a daily. Command and control thing again, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Everyone just talking to the scrum master. Not really a daily. Yeah. Or some people just yeah. not even, they're just tuning out. They just sit there and say, I got to sit in this meeting. I don't want to have anything to say. I don't want to do anything. So who plays the marshal on that? Is the scrum master the marshal on that stuff? Does, does that how that works? To get people to come out of their shell if yeah. they're stuck, if they're not talking? It's the scrum master's job is to facilitate the team to get good at doing dailies. I had a guy who used to say, I like to get accidentally sick one day. And my goal as a scrum master is that I come in the next day and everybody goes, oh, oh, that's right. You weren't here yesterday. Daily is held, right? It's become, it's become their meeting. It's useful to them. They want to do it. They know how to keep it to 15 minutes because they don't want to spend half an hour mm -hmm. doing this kind of thing, right? So scrum masters are usually facilitating it, but the goal ought to be not, it's my meeting and I run it. The goal ought to be, it is your meeting, and I help you learn how to do a good job at running right, it. Just like that accidentally sick. I love the one who told me that every now and then he would just start take out and start fiddling with his phone to show how unimportant he was to this particular conversation. And if they all got quiet and he'd like, they'd look up and say, why aren't you talking? You don't need me. And he'd go back to playing with his phone and make them, <laughs> you know, because sometimes they need to be weaned. They've been in the command and control thing so long and someone being in authority, right? A manager. Oh, this is a master, right? In authority over them. Somehow it's like, oh, we got to follow what they're doing. It's like, no, this is your stuff. This is, you need to start taking ownership. When we talk about being self-empowered, this is one of the biggest self-empowerment things that Agile has going for you is that you can control your plan. You can see what's going on and you can figure out how to adapt to meet your goals. Well, you know, Steve McConnell talks, you know, in his book and references Daniel Pink with the idea of autonomy and purpose, right? You, you, if the team understands that they have control over these things, they can set up their own cadence, they can set up their own process that everybody likes because they've arrived at that in a, in a, in a collaborative way. And, you know, there's the, the, somebody sets the purpose and, you know, once in a while somebody comes in and uh, you know, as a scrum master, it might make an adjustment or, or suggest something because um, they need a better sense of purpose. That makes sense. And the team adopts it and runs forward with it. So I think those are, you know, again, a strong thing that just points back at the team being in control of what they want to do. And I will say we've talked a fair amount of scrum. Merle's done a nice job of bringing in the Kanban aspects. But I do think that when you start to look at Kanban dailies, you are looking at a little bit of a different animal that the Scrum-like scrum dailies have one flavor to them. And if you go and watch those, you're looking for one set of patterns. And if you go to a Kanban one, you're looking for a very different set of patterns. Both of them are about getting the work done. <laughs> the, the daily and Scrum ought to be thinking about, are we on the glide path to getting what we planned in sprint planning done? If I'm looking at Kanban, I'm thinking about, is this system operating the way that I expect it to be operating? Are things flowing across the board that I expect? Do we not have a ton of blockers that are getting in our way? Is there stuff that's sitting inside of a stage and kind of nobody's working on it and it ought to have somebody actively working on it? Talking about each of those steps and stages as we move from the end of the board to the front of the board. So they share that desire of, is the work flowing the way we expect, but the 
conversations tend to look a bit different between those two approaches. I'm going to jump over the comments here because Lewis has given us a, a pretty interesting comment here that our squad work on the same technical hardware, the technical work on different features. Sometimes we align, but that's not a common situation. Lewis, I'm guessing what you're saying here is sometimes you have, instead of having a, t if you have a team of five, uh, two are working on one thing, two are working on another thing, and one's working by themselves. And so here we can go back to the work. I think it's okay sometimes if you don't have the entire team working on the same thing at the same time that you have, in a sense, too many conversations, right? As long as you're collaborating and you have a plan, you're executing it, I could live with that. I would still want to look at the work a little bit here, but I would start saying, gosh, okay, yeah, because I have a team, most of the stuff comes through our defects, and they can't figure out for the life of them how to be a team of five and work one defect. That's just, just ain't going to happen. And so what I have them trying right now is just trying to be pairs rather than trying to be daily pairs. And so your daily often is the pairs making sure at least once a day we're coordinating and sort of briefing everyone else where they could possibly come in and help out on that most important defect that needs to get fixed. But you're right. It's, it seems a little bit more forced if we're not doing more of a swarming kind of thing. Jenny, what do you think about that comment? My instincts are with yours. I would be kind of going back to the backlog and especially if you're starting to use words like we're working multiple features. Right, now he does use that right? word, yeah. Not not just multiple stories. You know, if you've got a team and it's got seven people on it, it's really hard for a lot of teams to swarm. All seven people work one story. So in that case, you know, they're usually going to be starting two stories Maybe three, but I'd be worried if they were doing more than three, then I think they're spreading themselves too thin and they're not collaborating and helping each other out a lot. And that's at a story front. If you now tell me my team is working three features, now I'm thinking this is getting me activated in things like you've got too much whip. Right. 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 Why are you working three features? You ought to be as a team work one feature and maybe then you're working three stories underneath that feature. But the second you start talking about we're working three epics or three features, then I'm going to be talking to the product owner and kind of talking about how do we limit work in process or work in progress so that the teams, instead of working three features in parallel, getting a little bit of everything done we'll get more on the most important feature done. So here's my stop starting, start finishing mindset rearing its head when I see things like that. So that just gets my yeah, antennae yeah. up. I'd be chatting with a product owner and figuring out what's going on. It's a little more difficult with defects. It's a little bit easier to start saying features as probably going over the line at this point. From a daily perspective, it is going to make it harder to have that daily feel like it's a team daily. Because remember, the daily, if we, if, we, if we sum it up a little bit, and this will go start to get to Jim's comment that just came in here, so I'll just flash that up here too a little bit. The daily is really about the team working together. And so if you're not working together in any form, because you could be working together on an Agile project. You could be working together on a waterfall project. That's not necessarily, Agile is not the reason for this. The, the reason is saying we as a team are decided to work in a collaborative fashion on one thing rather than each one working on its own silos and then integrating. Because that was our pattern for so long. Silos, then integrate. Rather than consistent, constantly integration. One of the biggest things coming out in the last five, six years is CI, CD. Continuous integration, continuous deployment in a DevOps pipeline of some kind where we're constantly taking work and making sure it all works together all the time rather than being surprised at the end. 
So whether you're doing it in a agile two-week sprint or a one-month-long or two-month-long more, more waterfall predictive style, the question is, have you designed the work such that the team collaborates on the work as opposed to just individual then integrate? If you're not in collaborative, then I think dailies are really awful. I'd rather go back to a weekly status meeting because that's because you're just doing status 15 minutes a day. I'd rather go back to where there was more to report on than, yeah, I worked on it yesterday. I'm going to work on it some more today. And now I'm fine. Which <laughs> drives me nuts. Because my task lasts for two right. weeks. So what's a, what's an update every day do? Exactly. <laughs> Except waste my time and make me feel irritated. And then let me work on my code while everyone else is talking because I really don't care what they're doing until we integrate. It makes sense. So I think we hit Jim's question, right? Or do you want to you just talk it out a little bit? Well, here we'd have to probably look at Jim's situation a bit more, but it's, it's, I don't think you need an adaption if you're collaborating. I think the daily, and now you may want to go every other day if it's really a larger, like my medical device companies, sometimes when they're working on a six-month release, one release, one sequential kind of plan, that's how they want to run it. Not a lot of daily collaboration, so maybe twice a week. But I'm, I've been encouraging them still to reshape their work so they do have that more collaborative work because I like the feedback. One of the things we really want here is the feedback. The other thing, and, and this brings up some principles that we love to enforce here at Constructs, and one of the principles is really getting the ground truth. What is the reality of the current situation? The things that kill projects more than anything else these days is we didn't realize that or we were surprised that when we could have found that out earlier on by some good inspect and adapt, or what we'd like to say in our principle, knowing the ground truth. What is the reality of the situation? My only ask is if you are going to use something like the stand-ups, you're going to have a twice weekly stand-up because you're doing a very kind of hybrid agile waterfall. And so don't call it a daily because you're not meeting daily. Call it a stand-up. Right. Right. Or give it some other name. Just I, it's always so weird to me when somebody will say we have a daily stand up once a week. It's like, what? <laughs> no, you've created something. You've probably taken a few things from maybe the XP daily stand up or the scrum daily scrum. But you've created your own thing. You should call it its own name. Yeah. Yeah. And the other principle I was going to bring up just because it's sort of related to this too is because one of the things when we talk about adapt is that when we make these initial plans, we put out our workflow in a Kanban, we, 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 we think how it's going to flow, we have expectations of volume. If, if it's a sprint thing, we have our build plan, our design, detailed design all whole sort of outlined in our sprint plan. When we make those, we're being speculative. We think this is going to work. We have, based upon our expertise and years, years working in this field, that we have pretty good confidence this can work, but we don't know. We think we know. We have our best guess, but we don't know. Whereas actually, when we start executing, we start actually getting real data. Is it actually working? And then we switch from being speculative to knowledge, true knowledge, right? We actually know what's going on. And we can apply that knowledge as soon as possible and say, hey, now that we know that that does work, we can execute this and continue on our plan. It's going fine. Or, wow, we discovered that's not quite right and we need to change it. As opposed to coming up with a speculative plan, and I see this all the time, we come up with a speculative plan thinking, oh, this is going to work because we've done something like this before. It starts going to heck in a handbasket, but no one changes anything. Because 
We had a plan, and we're going to stick to it come hell and high water. You know, Earl, when the map and the terrain disagree, we should. Yeah. Trust, believe trust the, terrain. the terrain. Believe the terrain. Right? Otherwise, we do the <laughs> GPS trick going, turn here. But that's a river. Turn here. Okay. Splash. Sorry, not turning, Siri. Leave me alone. <laughs> not right. turning, Siri. Tom Gilb is throwing in the chance. Is there any research effects of any form of stand-up? And I'm not sure what stand on your head, stand on... I'm giving Tom a hard time here. I remember reading, was a Harvard Business Review article or something like that that says standing up did cut the meeting shorter um, for the same kind of topic, same kind of thing. I don't know what the quite form meeting daily... Those are the two of the principles that I think the most of. There's some other ones, right, that allows us then to adapt, which is tailoring what we're doing to actually what's existing because we have the data right now. And having clear direction each day about what's going on so people actually know what's expected of them. One of the nice things, and management managers, shh, don't let your people hear this part. But if they go out and say, here's what I'm going to do every day, they're much more motivated to get it done because they told all their peers are going to do it than if they're just working a task for weeks on end, right? If you want to have that highest level of productivity, this was a secret sauce thing, I think, that some of the agile leaders do in there. Because if I say, today I'm going to get this done, this done, this done, this done, I'm going to feel pretty bad if I come back next day and say, I didn't do any of it because it was sunny. I'm going to feel like I owe it to my team a little bit. I also think given that we have shortened the work, right, it's not a two-week task, which was really common back in the days I was doing waterfall Microsoft project-based planning tasks for two weeks, right? It's it's stuff that's like four hours, six hours, eight hours, maybe 12 at the outside, right? right? So it's pretty short. And if I come to the daily a couple days in a row and I'm not really making progress on this, chances are I'm blocked in some way and maybe I need some help, right? Maybe I need a second pair of eyes on it. So that idea of, hey, we're frequently meeting and we're all kind of seeing what's happening. And maybe in what's happening, what we're finding is that somebody needs some assistance to help us achieve that plan that we had talked about in sprint planning or something's on our Kanban board and is just blocked. And we need to, instead of just bringing more work into our system, which our WIP limits shouldn't let us, uh, we need to figure out how to work together to unblock that thing so that we can get things flowing through our system the way we expect it to move again and get that system back to feeling like it's more steady state, normal course. Earl, we have another comment. Another question you want to you want to ping on that one? Do you recommend dailies when doing current state analysis needs prior future state requirements and design? Well, it goes back to me. I just say is can you make the work collaborative? Things like needs analysis and even requirements, I certainly can think of ways to make the work collaborative, which means I would want them to come together at some regular frequency. Daily seems like a reasonable one because that's how we kind of coordinate our days, hopefully, and work the collaboration. If this is not collaborative work, if you're cited only one person's working requirements, you got one product owner going off meeting with stakeholders and sequential interviews, I don't think I really need a daily to figure that one out. I don't need to collaborate the work. But you might, well, you might have different people in that room, right? You, it just, in this particular case, it might be a broader audience, right? Well, I'm not here talking to perform about doing state, I'm here to coordinate my work effort to integrates constantly. I understand, but you're, you know, when you're talking about doing current state analysis of something that's going on, right? Some, you, if, if we're, if we're brought, if we're I product I have daily focused, meetings to do the work. Is, right? 
I don't know if we're talking about wanting to have a daily scrum or a daily stand-up or daily Kanban here. It, it, the question to me is kind of a question I would say, I don't want to answer that question because I do not understand your state enough. I don't understand your situation enough, right? If you'd posted that question and said, we're using scrum as part of this, then the answer is probably yes. And you should figure out how to make the work collaborative too, because scrum wants the work to be collaborative. If the work isn't collaborative in nature, either we should be looking at how to decompose the work differently to increase the collaboration, or perhaps if it is fundamentally not collaborative at all, we should be talking about something different that we should be using, maybe something like Kanban instead of using Scrum. But I I don't know. I don't understand the situation enough, and I think it would behoove us to say, figure out the communication activities and the frequency at which it is useful to have those activities and meet as often as is useful for collaborating around the work and getting the work done. I, I was going to say that when I read Jim's question here, I think I'm thinking more about maybe like product marketing people who are, you know, ahead of requirements, ahead of design, and they're saying to themselves, you know, we got to do this analysis, we got to do a needs analysis. You know, and this we were going to talk about this when we talked about the adapt part of this thing. Is this necessarily non-software applications? Maybe this is somebody who says, you know, we got to do all this collection, and and it requires a lot of collaboration. A lot of people going away, coming back, bringing things in, doing that kind of thing. Can you adapt the notion of of a daily into that kind of environment? So here's to me, to me the bottom line. The daily, as we were talking about it in our agile environments, even to Kanban, it means that we had some sort of plan, some sort of expectations, and we're checking to see if those expectations are matching reality and how do we need to adjust to deal with the reality that we're getting. That's different than saying, oh, do we work together? Well, maybe you should have daily working sessions where you work on your current state and integrate pieces together. And and during the day, outside the daily, hopefully team members are getting together to work together to build things. But it's not to be a status meeting. It's not to be a saying, are you done with this? Are you done with this? Are you done with this kind of meeting? It was not supposed to be that. It was supposed to be this idea that I've got some sort of understanding going on and we got to make sure that this thing that we based on speculation is actually playing out in real time and do we need to make adjustments to that plan or that workflow or whatever it is to actually get it to go the where we need to go because of our commitments. And a moment in time for like the three of us to talk about what we need from each other to be accomplishing that today. Earl, I'm going to need this in the afternoon to help make sure our glide path still looks good. I will say, okay, this is me getting on my personal little favorite uh, hobby horse. Go for it. Ride that horse. (laughs) That, that comment to me screams for like program level Kanban. <laughs> so maybe in a future conversation, we can talk about kind of Kanban as an overlay across one or many agile teams using Scrum or Kanban to look at that flow of like, I have an idea out here, we need to assess it. Then we need to make sure we understand the big picture requirements. Then we need to give it to teams. Then we need to make sure all the pieces come back together and we need to validate that maybe with a user community and ha- modeling that flow above it. That's the thing that jumped into my head when I saw that comment. So not really a comment about the daily, but definitely about visualizing larger level workflows. And let's emphasize visualizing because we have... 
we we do we're not doing this totally by by ear. We do have some notes that we looked at. One of the notes reminded me that you know when we're being collaborative, we have to create collaborative workspaces. And one of the things that's been tough is we've all been working from home during this pandemic, and a lot of us are still working home because hey, we figured out the commuting sucks. So we, we, we just continue on and we still need to have that collaboration somewhere. And so we need collaborative environments. And frankly, Zoom is not that collaborative environment. Teams in its meeting format is not that collaborative environment. We also need other places to work where we actually can do things besides just talk at each other. And I, I use those online whiteboards like Miro or Mule or so. I think those are a great add to a daily where we can actually get back to Jenny's physical board that she likes so much and say, let's put our board up in Miro. And then when you're talking, go into Miro and move the object into the done column. Have your plan as a series of sticky notes in your mural board and then move them. Sure, sure. By the way, you can move things at the same time. Yeah, all of you. Get on there. <laughs> Don't watch one person move. You move it. Yeah. God, that's a big my, my hobby horse pretty quickly. Yeah, this is the bigger contextual thing here in terms of adapt is, is the notion of distributed teams. And even before COVID, people who had lots of distributed teams, we had constructs that worked with uh, almost everybody has presence in different places, whether it's a offshoring group or maybe just a the fact that you wanted to find the best talent you could possibly hire in your company and you found them in the middle of the Rocky Mountains somewhere up in a cabin and the guy writes incredible stuff, but he never wants to come down to Denver. He's, he's I want to stay up in the mountains, the heck with those people down there, right? So how do you get get the most out of a distributed environment? What are things you can do to to ensure that? I mean, certainly we talked about way early in, the, in, this, in this conversation about time zone, right? Because you're certainly going to have that issue if you're going to have teams doing that. I know... I know a team in Boston that had a big team in uh, in Ireland, and they used to set their their dailies to uh, uh, the middle where both teams were available. It makes total sense logically to yep. do that, et cetera. What What are some of the other things you've seen in distributed environments that just make it much more effective? I like one of the comments Earl and I one of the comments Earl made a long, long time ago was that if one person is distributed, the entire team should act like they're distributed. Instead of back in the days where you'd have five people sitting in a conference room and the one or two people on the phone basically got completely ignored, in some ways, I think the move to things like Zoom and Teams and these more interactive sessions where everybody's coming in collaboratively actually do a little bit to put people on equal footing when we had that real mix of partially distributed. So... I think that can be really good. I think also finding things like mural or mural where you can be collaborative, not just little pictures on top of uh, Zoom. For me, one of the big things is just if I'm watching like a daily for Scrum or Kanban, I'm still looking for that collaborative feel to it. it has the move to where all pictures in boxes, taking it to a status meeting again, and we need to be talking about how and what we need to do to be more collaborative and be more focused on the plan or the work and what we expect the work to be doing from a flow perspective. So I don't know. I think that it's kind of a mixed bag looking at all of the distribution right. we have now. Jenny, I'm curious your thoughts on this, but one thing that we see here on the West Coast of the United States is the West Coast of the United States working with India, where there is literally a 12 and a half or 11 and a half hour time difference. There isn't an yeah. overlap. 
period. Someone's either staying up really late or getting up really early. Sort of the pattern that seems to make the most sense if we're talking about collaboration, because what we seem to have is separate. We don't have really a team. We have a couple of teams that are working closely together, a little bit of scaling. And there's usually just one or two individuals who will then sacrifice up to 10 both dailies each day. That is, they'll stay up late and then get up early, attend it, and then say, okay, here's the connection between the two. Have you seen anything like that, Jenny, or if it actually works? I haven't seen a lot of that. I mean, I've still seen a fair number of teams that are distributed, and there's people in West Coast, East Coast, and maybe India. Um, and there, sometimes I see teams share the pain. Yeah. They'll kind of rotate, will change when the dailies are held so that for week one is either pain, one day India, at a time week two or is a pain, week. West yeah. Coast. Yeah, so, you know, make it harder for one group one week, easier for that group the next week, or whatever pattern works so that it's not sort of always causing one part of the team to have that particular, you know, we're always asking you, I had a group I worked with a long time ago, and they were doing sprint planning Friday mornings on East Coast, but half the team was in India. So we changed it. So they did midweek sprint planning. The sprints began and ended in the middle of the week so that it was just less onus on people, right? Find things that are patterns that are reasonable for people. Find things where you can share the pain or take a step back. One of the things that I see, if I'm seeing all these teams where everybody is experiencing like dailies are super hard to schedule, Maybe we should be talking about team structure. Instead of having teams where every team is geographically distributed, can we stand up individual teams in India where maybe the only person who's geographically remote is the product owner who doesn't necessarily need to be there for the daily? And so we've now restructured the teams in a way that actually enables a little bit more collaboration, communication, and making things like the daily easier for those teams looking at architecting the work to a certain extent rather than architecting and trying to force the teams. It's like, can I change the work a little bit so the team can be more independent in those situations right. as opposed Carve to be distributed off. overall, right. which is a good thing regardless whether or not uh, we use Zoom or something else to make it happen. I, I, I'm going to throw up a comment from Tom Gilb here just because I, I, I just think it's kind of interesting, right? It's just a ritual belief, like so much of Agile. And I think the point here is that most of the things are there. It's like, can we create a pattern that's simple to understand that most people could adopt it without having to be really super smart? I know that uh, Tom is super smart, and so he can just figure out something all by himself and do it. But unfortunately, I'm not nearly as smart as Tom. And so I've got to have these little tricks that I can easily explain to other people so they can do usually the right thing most of the time. And I think the daily is that way. If you were already collaborative, if you were already talking rapidly to each other and working as a collaborative team, the daily is not going to buy you squat. But if you're like normal human beings who want to go off and work by ourselves and just do our thing, then the collaborative is a healthy pattern, a healthy little reminder saying, you know, we should get together and one, make sure the work is work that we're actually working together and two, that we're actually coordinating with each other on a regular basis. Right. His following comment, I think, speaks to that. Yeah, you can throw it for those. I think everyone watching can see the comments as well. They're they're rolling live as for everyone else as well. Sure. So we have um, we had one more issue I thought we could touch on today, and maybe it's too big. I'll throw it out there, and you guys can say I'm tired. I want to go eat or something. But anyway, (laughs) it's this notion of scaling, right? 
I mean, what we've been talking about all uh, for throughout this conversation has been primarily at a team level. And, and I think that you, when you start talking about bigger things and you, you know, you certainly think of ideas like the model behind safe, right? Where you have these multiple teams rolling up and you have uh, various levels of hierarchy uh, that looks at different things where you have big room planning that breaks down. And so how do you deal with, you know, the core team meeting and the PO sync. And- yes, exactly. So, I mean, you have, you have this idea of, you know, you normally want to keep, if you have these kinds of meetings that are going to be quick and short, you don't have many, you don't have 50 people in right. the room. You have 10, right? Yeah, 10 or less probably. Except for the team I worked with once who told me their dailies were 45 <laughs> minutes and I found out they had 50 people on one scrum team. <laughs> right. I will tell you that we've got some other issues to fix than the daily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mark, I think given the time, I'd suggest we consider a follow-up. If this has been interesting to people, if they've found value in this, let us know. And maybe one of our future topics could be a little bit about scaling. What are some of the patterns, anti-patterns, sure. problems, Just a challenges, base, and things a you should view think that, about? Right? We can certainly do that. I think that's fine. Yeah. Right. Just scaling yeah. the daily. And we can touch on scrum of scrums. Yeah, we can touch on scrum of scrums as one little practice in a whole suite of possible things you need to consider at scale. I do want to make one little comment here is that when you hear scrum of scrums, do not just think scrum masters only. If you're if you're thinking and considering that particular pattern, think about scrum as how do we get where do we need to coordinate across teams and who are the best people to do that coordination as opposed to Oh, Scrum Masters, go to another meeting. It's all about coordinating. You're building something. You should have some sort of plan at that level of whatever that next level is and then coordinate on it. What's your challenge and who can speak most to the challenge yeah. that you're having? Send them. Right. Well, I, I think that's a good <laughs> teaser for the future there, Earl. That makes, that makes total sense. Well, what did you think? Really, that's just a lot of good stuff right there. As I mentioned, it was really fun to have live participation in this go-around and nice to hear some very insightful questions and comments from the chat during that live event. By the way, you too can join our future live stream style podcasts and participate in the very same way via the comments chat. Be sure to be on the Constructs mailing list for this and for other news from Constructs in general. If you enjoyed this style of episode, feel free to give us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you normally find us. If you have comments or like to talk to one of our practitioners or you have ideas for a future podcast, reach out via email using comments at constructs.com. Again, that's comments at constructs.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again for another episode of Inspect and Adapt, the Constructs podcast. Until then, this has been Mark Griffin as your host and Earl Beatty as participant, audio hack, and aspiring producer. Talk to you again soon, everybody, and have a great next sprint. <laughs>